listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm Zach Blackie. Uh, wow, can't even say my name. I'm so excited, I can't even say my name. Uh, Zach Blackerby here with you, joined by the one and only Charlie Five from the bunker at AuburnSports.com, Auburn Rivals. How you doing, buddy? Oh man, I'm doing great. Glad to be here. This is uh, we've we've talked about this for a while. I'm yes. glad it's finally. Uh, I'm glad it's finally a thing. I'm glad I could be here for you today too, as well. Uh, I've been very excited for this day. I've been looking forward to it for a while. Sure, sure. All right. So, uh, did I introduce you? Okay. Because I mean, you're pr- you're a pretty big deal you on ca- the bunker. You forgot a few things. Uh, go over real quick. Okay. Uh, I was the 2018 Rivals Fan Future Cast champ uh, for recruiting. Um, I immediately retired after that on top. So uh, sure. I don't put in my Future Cast cha- uh, Future Cast picks anymore. Um, I carry a a hefty 2.5 to one like to post ratio. Wow. And uh, just overall, kind of a big deal. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. <laughs> What did you think about the bowl game? Obviously, Auburn um, did not look good from start to finish. But something I've been saying, I said this in the show that I put up immediately reacting to it uh, this past Friday and then um, talking about it on yesterday's show. But it's like, I don't think anything really happened that actually mattered. I, I totally agree. Um, it, it played out almost exactly how I expected it to play out. Maybe the defense was a little bit weaker than I expected, but then I started to think, you know, even if, you know, the rumors of the coaching, uh, you know, derision, division, yeah. whatever you want to call it, where, you know, there may have been some people going behind people's backs, that had to be just... You buy it? Uh, I do, in in part. I do buy I don't think it was necessarily a, hey, let's call bad defensive plays to get this guy fired, but is it, hey people coming behind Gus's back saying, hey, Kevin, we may give you the job. Can you put together a staff? Can you be talking behind you know, closed doors and get that ready? We're going to give you the job. Mm-hmm. Do I think there was some of that? Absolutely. And, you know, as players, you find stuff out like that. It's got to be draining. You go through a coaching change. You got a new coach. You got coronavirus. Uh, it's just so much thing, so many things. that it, I would almost have been happy if they didn't even play the game. To me, nothing good could – really have come out out of it yeah I was kind of hoping individual players would be kind of trying to impress coach Harson as he was there kind of watching from high up and uh, I just I don't know how many folks did that I think you did see some of it you know I thought you saw some young receivers step up Canyon's the obvious one Kobe Hudson's there what a natural receiver by the way natural I mean can you think of a more natural wide receiver than Kobe Hudson I can't he just Everything just so fluid and natural. Yeah, everything he does is just natural. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then I, I was talking with somebody else uh, around the, the station today, and they were like, you know, Zacoby McLean, I think, really impressed Harson just by the way he plays. I'm like, yeah, is, is he coming back? Like, at the time of us recording this Monday or around midday on Monday, it's like Zacoby McLean, we haven't heard news one way or the other, but if I'm him, I just can't imagine his hype ever being higher than it is right now. That that is true. I think that um, he he's kind of one of those tweener guys as well. Who's not really um, he's not super big, but he's like he's incredibly fast. His stock, like you said, his stock is really high. I think he led the SEC in tackles, even mm-hmm. though he got kind of left off, 
you know, some of the uh, some of the uh, you know more prominent lists. It's ridiculous. Uh, I think I'm like you. I, I, you strike kind of while the your the iron is hot. Is you could be having somewhat of a transition next year. Could you get lost in the wash? Right. You know. Yeah. But, but like we said, we haven't seen the guy loves Auburn. Um, you never know. You never know what you, you never know what to expect out of guys. I mean, like what that. a cool name though. Like I, I really hate that Auburn may be losing some really really cool names. Big Cat. It appears that. Things are trending in the direction that he's going to go. We'll have to see. So Kobe McLean, what's up with Smoke Monday? Like, so, I Cord mean, Sandberg, the end of an era. The end of an era. You know, not not he he actually did achieve a lot of things while he was at Auburn. What's that? Yeah, three big ones that I don't. I think not a lot of people know. You know, he was the first left-handed quarterback to throw a touchdown uh, while wearing a, no, a number in the twenties uh, in the whole history of Auburn football. And, that's a lot. That's a, that's a that's a big deal. Uh-huh. Uh, he actually played with both Bo and Pat Nix. Um, not many people can say that. Eli th- Stove's the only other one. Yeah, true, true. Um, and I think he's the first player in Alabama history to uh, be fully vested in the state retirement system before he finished. The transfer could, you know, the transfer could put a little hinder in that. So look for him to stay in the state. But uh, yeah, maybe go to South Alabama, hang out with Turbo or something. Bingo. There yeah, you go. Right. But yeah, gonna gonna miss the team dad. <laughs> the team dad, yeah. yeah, for sure. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Um, you know, every now and then you'll talk to someone who is legitimately like, yeah, Court should have gotten more of a chance to start. Have you ever ran into some of those people? Because they exist. Oh yeah, uh, the the backup quarterback's always the best player on the team, always. And uh, yeah, we would have liked to see Cord get more more playing time. Uh, we I, I felt like we there was a lot more. Games that got out of hand that he could have played a little bit more, but you just never – I mean, he wasn't ever going to start. Yeah. I wonder what his desire to transfer is because, like, it's not like he can follow Gus anywhere because he seems like a Gus guy. So I, I wonder where – what he's going to try to get. Does he want to play? Does he want to go somewhere that will give him a chance to kind of develop his coaching career? Because that's kind of what you heard, right, was he wanted to be a coach when this was all said and done. You know, I'm, he may be a guy that would follow – Gus, I do think Gus is probably going to be coaching somewhere uh, next year. Uh, but you think next year he's coaching? There's he's his name's been in there for some different coordinator jobs, maybe a small school. But I think I think the biggest thing with Cord is he wants to at least give it a shot. It's kind of one of those I'll never know if I didn't give it, a, you know, didn't try kind of thing. Right, and uh, you know, we'll just have to see how it works out. He's got some clearly. He's got some talent. He's got a lot of athleticism. Um, Maybe he'll go to Liberty. That seems to work out for other former Auburn quarterbacks. Oh, that, yeah, go get, go get with uh, Hugh Boy. I, he's got, he's got a, he's got a beast to take down though. That's when, true. When he transfers. That's yeah. true. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Hey, Locked On Auburn is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline.ag. That is the place to bet online. Uh, obviously, playoffs are coming up. You want a, a part of that action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Sign up for free today. Free account at betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. If you want to put in $100, you'll get $50. $200, you get $100. It's easy how that works. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. And also visit our good friends and exclusive partner, on social media at betonline underscore ag to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use the promo code locked on 
for your sign-up bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel. I think they have the best, um, the best Auburn apparel in the business. I'm actually wearing one of their shirts right now. Extremely comfortable, uh, vintage, and uh, all kinds of uh, other cool colleges. If Auburn's for some reason not your number one school, and you're listening to this, that doesn't make sense, does it? Uh, zero. Yeah, zero cents at all. Zero cents at all. But they've got something for everybody there. So. Unique historical design, incredibly comfortable shirts. Get 20% off your first purchase. Use promo code Auburn, A-U-B-U-R-N, at homefieldapparel.com. 20% off at homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code Auburn, A-U-B-U-R-N. So we've been waiting for this just before we sat down to record this, Charlie Five. We saw reports coming out that Seth Williams is leaving Auburn and going to the NFL draft. Surprising no one. Uh, No one. I think it was – he was our most – Probably NFL prospect, uh, our biggest NFL prospect that we had on the team. Um, I think he's been probably wanting to get away from Auburn for a few years now, so it was it was just a matter of time. What do you think he thinks of Bo? Ooh, uh, that's a good question. Um, he ought to like him a lot because he threw him the ball a lot. Uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, I think that it's it's really hard to know what these guys think of each other. Um, I know I would be probably frustrated at times but at the same time you got to look at the system that you're in what it's asking you to do right hey why can't you throw me why can't we call passes to me that aren't 50 50 balls back right. shoulder way down the field on the sidelines that are extremely low percentage passes anyway why can't i run the square ends why can't i get open over the middle why can't you get me easy stuff like you see Devonte smith running wide open all mm-hmm. day long uh, why can't you scheme stuff up like that for me so um I'm sure he's probably frustrated at times with Bo, uh, but um, at the same time, like you just wonder how much. You just always wonder how much of that is actually on on Bo, on Seth, or on the actual offense mm-hmm. that they're in. So yeah, and you hear you hear folks go on like national shows. They talk about how hard it is to scout these skill position players in Gus Malzahn's offense, and I'm I'm glad that's going to be done soon. I'm oh, glad that this yes. is the last offseason where we have to deal with that. But I mean, we talked about that a little bit yesterday with Schwartz. It's like I don't know what these guys are. I don't know. Like not a clue. Was Seth's inability to get open him? Like as a receiver, at some point it boils down to like it is your job to get open. But it, did the coaching staff help them with that? Is Cody Burns helping him with that? Is Chad Morris helping that with that with the scheme? Is is Bo Nix helping him as far as ball placement? It's like. It takes a lot for somebody to get open. It's hard. But Absolutely. you see other teams do it, and it's like, okay, Seth is better than some of these guys. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. it's been very frustrating. I'm fascinated to see how scouts view Seth Williams and Anthony Schwartz. Well, ever since uh, you know, we had a we coined a term for Darius Slayton when he was at Auburn, called him Embarius Slayton because uh, <laughs> it seemed like he just never really progressed and he had a lot of drops. And then he goes in the fifth round in the draft, and he catches seven touchdowns in the NFL Yeah, for probably the worst offensive team in the NFL um, outside of, you know, Saquon Barkley. They don't – I mean, and he kept, goes and catches when seven. When he's been healthy. Exactly, I mean, exactly. Yeah, and he did it in his rookie year when, like, all the other options were hurt. I mean, Saquon was iffy his, his, his rookie year, and then he had uh, Sterling Shepard got hurt. Was Odell on the team his first year, or had he already been traded? I no, think they over there. they overlapped, right? Yeah, they were there. He was there. Yeah, and so like he did benefit from injuries his first year, but he still he went in in the NFL 
and it wasn't just I'm catching slip screens for touchdowns. I'm catching. He was getting open downfield. I'm getting open downfield. Yeah. I'm running slants, taking them to the house. I'm doing it all. So you, you start to wonder when you see guys like that 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 seemingly you know made some big plays, but you know struggled at Auburn. They go to the NFL and they succeed immediately under NFL coaching. You just start to wonder, you know, is Schwartz really that bad down the field, uh, you know, being able to throttle his speed to catch deep balls and, you know, speed up for the the ones that are over his head, mm-hmm. slow down, go high point the ball. It doesn't seem like he had a lot of those skills. But when you're when the guy recruiting you is just saying, hey, this that guy's going to be a really good jet sweep guy or, or whatever, instead of just let's take this guy, turn him into a wide receiver with his clearly – elite speed um you just you just don't know <laughs> same thing with I, I look at that with just about any any position on the offense I, we just don't know and with Schwartz the the crazy thing and, and I'll lump Seth into this too I don't know how good they are with the ball in their hands because a lot of times the separation was so limited it's like Schwartz, you saw a few in the running game. You know, I think we all immediately think of the end around against Texas A and M. Like that was awesome. Oh, yeah. Where you like the, that guy is fast, but Seth, like we just didn't see a whole lot of plays where he caught the ball and then ran with it. We just right. didn't see it. Now that's I don't think that's Seth's fault. But if I'm an NFL scout and I'm looking at that, I'm like, man, I don't know what I'm drafting. Absolutely, you have no idea. I mean, it's you know they can catch if they catch the ball way down the field ahead of everyone else you know okay that guy can run a deep he can run a deep route he can catch a ball and he can score but can we drag him across the middle and then he make a play after he catches the ball we just don't we just don't know and and that is a to me has always hurt us on the recruiting trail because you know especially with offensive linemen you just don't know hey this this offense you're in it's not it may not be the best path to the NFL Mm -hmm. it may not translate and then you hear it from the NFL guys as well you know the simplicity, the 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 basicness. There's just no layers to our offense outside of just calling plays. Right. I can't wait to see Harson change that. You, I, I think it's gonna be a pretty instant change. I think so as well. I think the the offense, uh, when people say NFL style or NFL pro style, whatever, I think what that means is it's just an offense that translates. Mm-hmm. It's an offense that is it, it has. Uh, meaning it has it has it, it's cohesive it just has it, it it seems like you know what's going on like you can tell the the meaning behind the plays yeah it's not you're not just calling individual plays things build off themselves formations build off themselves you formation against defenses to get running lanes open or passing lanes open like it just me it's 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 a meaningful offense that translates to the NFL. Yeah, and it's one of those things where you know he does some under center stuff, a lot of spread like tendencies, but just sure. a lot of different looks, a lot of different formations. My biggest thing when you talk about college football is you want to have certain formations and certain personnel groupings and certain schemes, and you run patterns where you make college defenders make quick decisions over and over and over and over again. And over the course, if you run 60, 70, 80 plays, depending on how the offense goes over the course of a game, they're going to mess up on several. And you you just got to capitalize. Putting defenses in conflict. Putting players in conflict. Where, okay, I know I'm supposed to line up like this against this formation, but 
now they're running a back out of the backfield out to the you know there's just just putting making them have to make like you said making them have to make decisions very fast every single play with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models it's now pretty much impossible to stock all the parts that you uh, your car will need in a traditional chain storefront so why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand that his warehouse happens to carry. When you have access to computers, you got a supercomputer right in your pocket, with access to rockauto.com, of course, that is at home or in your pocket, wherever you go, rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That is at rockauto.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Moving on, Zach Blackerby here with you. Charlie Five with the bunker from AuburnSports.com. Um, what else did we say we were going to talk about? Culture? The culture change with Harson. You want to talk about that? Sure. Uh, I think that uh, one thing that I really liked about him is, uh, you know, because I'm a message board guy, I like to check out other you know, other teams' message boards and whatnot. When we hired him, I wanted to see what the Boise folks were saying about him. What were the Boise boys saying? You know, Boise folks, there was a there was a clash of personalities there with him, and uh, I think the lot of it was because he was so he he was so, he had so much desire to excel, and and when I say that, I mean, you know, they would talk about these email exchanges where he just would blister the Boise State. You know, board of directors and whatnot, because he wanted to move to the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. So you got a guy who can go in and he can win 10, 11, 12 games every single year at a school, and he's not happy. He's not right. satisfied. And uh, I, I like that because I feel like at Auburn sometimes we get in the we get in this how can we beat Bama mindset. Yeah. Uh, as fans, as a community, it's like how. I mean, the first question Brian is asked uh, in his press conference is. Uh, you know, you know how you know how basically you know what are you going to do about Alabama? And I really liked his answer because I feel like it was an answer that that I would have given. He said something you know kind of in the tune of um, you know the Iron Bowl is important, but so is every other game. Yeah. And I've always said that you know we have eleven other games on the schedule. You don't think that's coach speak? I, I no, I, I don't because. Yeah. Uh, in Auburn, they're expecting you to say they're expecting you to talk about Alabama. They're expecting you to tell you how you're going to beat Alabama, and he's focused on building the program to yeah. you know face. Uh, we're an eight win pro. We're an eight win school mm-hmm. historically. So how do we get to a nine ten win school? Because when you get there, 
the rivalry games will take care of themselves. You're right. So, uh, you know, I caught a lot of that. I, I felt a lot of that from him. Um, he has no ties to Auburn. He's he doesn't seem he's not really beholden to a person with money. So mm-hmm. you're not going to have this. Hey, won't you hire this coach? You need to hire this coach. You need to keep this coach. You need to keep that coach. He's in it for. You he, know, he wants to win. Exactly. Yeah. And he wants to bring in the guys that he thinks are going to give him the best chance to win, even if that means letting go fan favorites like, you know, a Carno Williams or a Travis Williams, whatever. He's going to hire the best coaches that he feels give him the best opportunity to win. Yeah, no, I think it was a great hire, and, and the more I look at, the more I love it. Did you think the press conference was weird? There were weird, there were weird things. You know, I, I got to know more about this pool. This pool <laughs> that's going to come out eventually. Yeah, I can't believe that uh, there's not a Twitter account on that already. The <laughs> the the pool meeting, but uh, but yeah, that that was just where was this? Yeah, and he almost was kind of like, why did you bring that up? Kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> Allen was way more into it yeah. than Brian was. Yeah, that was a moment. <laughs> For Allen, way more than it was for Brian, uh, definitely. Which almost makes me like the hire more because he's just like, okay, if it's not on the football field, I don't care. Yeah, we're not talking about margaritas at the pool right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm excited to see the culture shift happen because I think some of these players are really going to like Bo Nix is going to love it, I think. Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. But you're hearing rumors about guys not liking it and. Short term, that's not going to be good. Short term, you're right, but at the same time, you when you're a, a, a new coach and you're coming to change a, a the mindset of a team, the f- last thing you can do is bend to the knee of a player that's trying to hold you hostage over right. keeping a coach that you want. If that's the case, if that's the case, it may not be. It may just be rumor, but seems to be some credibility. You know, and I'm obviously I'm referring to Tank. Yeah, wanting uh, Carnell to stay, and like I have this thing about running back coaches. Um, it's probably the easiest, just pure position coach, uh, position to coach in yeah. college football. So you need that guy to um, not only coach running backs, but you'll see all the all the big coaches, all the big teams. Their their running back coach is either associate head coach, running game coordinator. Uh, Clemson's offensive coordinator, coordinator Tony Elliott, is also the running backs coach. Mm-hmm. So they're a, because it's such an easy position to coach. They're able to wear multiple hats and help in different areas. And you know, I just I'm not sure that Carnell fits that mold yet. He could be. Um, so I'm not necessarily going to be just just completely torn up if that is something that Brian feels he needs to move away with, especially considering it seems like you got a player that's kind of trying to hold you hostage over it. But, you know, I think Tank could be a guy that would just absolutely flourish in running a running in this this offense behind this offense. Uh, I feel like Brian could really build build it around him mm-hmm. like he's done with guys like Jay Ajayi, Jai and um, you know, several of the other big time running backs they've had. So, um We'll just have to see how it plays out. If you could pick three assistant coaches that he keeps on staff, which three would you pick? Um, I would keep Travis Williams, number one. Okay, that's um, my number one as well. He wears multiple hats. He's the co-defensive coordinator, um, recruiting coordinator. I'd be fine if they made him defensive coordinator, actually. Sure, yeah, and he may be he may be ready to make that jump. Um, and then <laughs> I like the potential of Al Pogue. 
Um, oh, okay. He's uh, he's been at several different places. Um, I've read that he's been key in a lot of the you know a lot of guys uh, keeping a lot of guys that signed in this class as well as you know built some inroads with um, you know he pretty much had Jeremiah Williams from Ramsey and Birmingham committed until the season just kind of fell apart and uh, you know he did he did a lot he he's done a lot of good things um he's versatile too he, mm-hmm. he coached offensive i mean he coached outside linebackers for us but he's also a db guy so right and then uh, you know here's your third one i don't know if i'm I putting you on a, the spot i don't know if i have another one i guess i'd have to say carnell because you know he did sign tank and he had armani goodwin from hewitt trustful committed um to this offense oh my gosh he, he had him actually committed to this offense so I think he's a guy that's learning, and he, if you put him on somebody, he can probably go get him, especially if he's a running back. Right. Um, so maybe those three guys, I don't know that um, if I had to keep three, that'd probably be the three that I kept. Tell me if I'm crazy here. I would go T-Will, probably Cadillac, and then I, I like the job Cody Burns has done, not necessarily from a receiver's coach as far as the receiver's getting better. I think you can make the argument the receivers did get better over the past few seasons, but the fact that he's been able to get four-star receivers to come play for Auburn over this stint where their receivers have been terrible is incredible to if, me. If you look at it just based – and wide receiver coach is a lot like the running backs coach. If you just look at it from a recruiting standpoint, I think you're absolutely right. He's signed some – you know, you look at guys like Seth and Schwartz and then, you know, you got Kobe Hudson, Elijah Cannon, and you got – um AD that hurt his foot. I'm losing his Capers. name. Capers. You got Xavier on Capers. Yep. I mean, those are some top-notch guys that that Harson will have to play with Yeah, I mean, that's, the, that's the core year. of your passing offense next year is those three guys. Exactly. And I think the only thing I worry about with him is the same thing that I worry about with Carnell. It's like what other hats can you wear and excel at and bring value to? He, is, he does have associate offensive coordinator or assistant offensive mm-hmm. coordinator title. Maybe he has a lot of input. I don't know how much those guys. I can't imagine that means anything. Not at all. Not under Gus. Not under Gus, right. Absolutely not. So, uh, you know, he does recruit well. Um, What else does he bring to the table? I I don't know. I don't know. And a lot of people say, well, Auburn's offenses have stunk. Or, you know, you guys were just talking about how guys can't get open. And, like, I really feel like that was more the scheme than the individual receivers. 100%. 100%. We – it's almost become, like – it's almost become a joke that, like, by formation, you can almost tell exactly what play we're about to run. Or if it's third and, you know, somewhat long, you know we're going to throw some kind of 50-50 ball. We, just, right. we don't throw the ball over the middle. We don't throw the ball to the tight end. So you really limit your options on uh, what you what you can attack the defense with, and then they know, they know how to defend it. So, you know, that's, that's – honestly, you're probably going to laugh, but that's kind of how I feel about the offensive line too. Are they really as bad – as we think when well, I think this year under Bicknell, I think they got better than they just all got hurt. They we, there was a lot of progression. There was a lot of progression. Now it was against wor- the, the worst defensive the lines that they yeah, played. Exactly. So like was the timing, you know, what was it coming together? I, I don't know. I don't know. But I don't think the O line was as atrocious as people made it out to be this year. I think they were injured and I think the scheme did not help them either. No, not at all. And Bo Nix does not help them. No, he doesn't. He he roll he but hopefully Harsey could teach him to you know to 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 help use these guys in front of him. We'll exactly. have to see. Exactly. 
maybe you'll have maybe we'll have some concepts that will actually lend itself to the quarterback feeling comf- more comfortable yeah. knowing where the protections are going knowing where I'm going before uh you know knowing who's going to be open before the, you know the play starts kind of thing Charlie 5 I always ask this question whenever somebody comes on where can people uh find you and check you out uh, I, I live in the the message board land you can find me on rivals the bunker you can find me on 247 sports uh uh, so that's where you'll find me. Awesome. Awesome. Charlie Five from The Bunker. Of course, you can find The Bunker at auburnsports.com. Worth every penny. Be sure to subscribe and check out all the stuff that JG and Brian Matthews and the guys have over there. You can follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Auburn on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn. It's the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day.